Hello, everyone, and welcome to The, the sisters, sisters' Table. We should just call it Sisters. Sisters' Table is so long. How so about just sisters. Sisters. sisters' Sisters Podcast? Sister something. The Sisters. Sisters. I guess we'll keep it with The Sisters' Table. Um, right? We'll just keep it like yeah, that. Yeah, let's keep it like that. So, uh, for um, anyone out there, we do apologize for missing the last two weeks. It's been a little chaotic and crazy. So, I think we had to take a bit, a step back and do a little bit of self-care and then kind of restart. And here we are again. So We're back. Welcome That's right. Back. If um, you missed us, hello. Hello, everyone. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, today's topic is... Perspectives. perspectives yes yeah yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. perspective so what about perspectives ladies well i just find it interesting that we all have a different perspective on on things so i was telling my sisters the other day of how it would be a good topic just because um i think oftentimes we think everyone sees the things the same way we do when often it isn't the case like i think everyone has their own way of viewing life or viewing uh different things so like for example just sarcasm for me is like i find it really funny like i i enjoy sarcasm but with other people they may find it offensive and so it it ends because you don't understand that sometimes you can come off as a little bit too aggressive but for that person it just might be a joke and for the other person it might be like something that is a little bit too rude so just with that simple example i find it um interesting of how everyone sees things through a different world view, a different lens, I guess you can say. And so I kind of brought up this topic called um, intersectionality. Um, I learned this in my, in my degree program that I took, which is child youth care. And I just was telling them of how this was made from, <coughs> I think she was like a lawyer um, who studied, she, become, she became a lawyer, and she created this term called intersectionality. So her name was Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. And the thing is that she discovered, because there, she was a feminist, but often feminists uh, believe that everyone had the same experience. Yeah, so um, because of this, uh, this Kimberly created a framework that's called intersectionality, where she said that um, people that were people of color had actually more oppression because of just because of their color, whereas Caucasian women didn't. So she made this uh, to kind of better understand, I guess, the complexity of what it is to be of color and the different kinds of oppression we face. So she created this term, and with that, she was able to, to create a definition for people who didn't feel really understood by the system. And so just by this simple um, thing that she created... Uh, there was a lot of people that ended up discovering that they didn't really have a, f unfortunately to say it this way, but they didn't really have a fighting chance to, let's say, become someone big, I guess, or the way th or the way that they were able to uh, create their success was having to fight maybe double as hard as someone of that is Caucasian, and this is just because they were oppressed in many different areas. So this intersectionality really goes into. Um, your upbringing or where you were raised or where you're from or how um, what even what neighborhood you you were grew up in and so because of that it creates this 
unique definition of who you are and therefore it creates a unique unique lens in which you see things and so for example for me i was uh raised in canada but i was born in mexico and my family is from el salvador so i have for me it's i have three nationalities but so i never really truly felt 100% salvadorian nor did i feel 100% mexican um but i did feel mostly canadian and so for me it the struggle was um oftentimes i would get asked you know where are you from and then i'd have to say well i'm f- i'm from el salvador but in reality i felt more canadian than anything so it was very confusing so when it comes to those kind of things you end up discovering that um you're because you're a woman so this is what the idea that Kimberly um wanted to get to was that because you're a woman yes you do have equal let's say um oppressions as any other woman does but added on to that with with women of color comes along um what other oppressions do they have so with us let's say for example being Lat- latina we have different kinds of um stereotypes that come along with it for example we're supposed to be the women that stay at home and cook for their husbands because that's the idea that they have in our mm-hmm. countries yep. yeah that's uh, <laughs> still their expectations <laughs> and that's so right. it comes with that or it comes um because you're um you're we're raised in Canada um we go back to our home countries and they often think we have lots of money which is not the case right so um because of this we end up maybe getting a little bit confused even within ourselves because we don't really belong somewhere so this kind of thing really puts into perspective other people's perspective so it, it kind of helps you understand where someone's coming from if you are able to maybe break it down for each person which it, it takes work but uh, as well as um let's say anything that you are willing to understand another human being will take work it's easier to assume and make judgments but if you're able to actually uh take time to understand the person and where they're coming from you can better understand who they are and what they're trying to maybe explain or or why their actions are the way they are mm that makes a lot of sense i no, 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 a lot of things come to my mind as we speak about that because it, it's yeah. true i think of the fact that i'm considered when they ask me um salvadorian right but most of my life i haven't lived in el salvador i lived in a little bit of time in Mexico which I I am more connected to that culture and the food and everything um and then most of my life in Canada so then when people ask me oh you're salvadorian oh and then they they expect that you are a certain way yeah which I'm not but then I force myself to be that way in order to conform with their view yes. or perspective of me and and that's to make sometimes um not have a lot of questions from people mm-hmm. or judgments from people because it, it's true i often feel kind of lost within my own community because i don't feel i you know i'm actually there nor am i completely canadian i don't feel i am completely like not not that i'm not but i i don't feel completely um like they often ask me where are you from mm-hmm. and that's why i'm saying i don't feel it's not that i don't feel it. they make me feel like i'm not part of them when i'm right. more connected here yeah. than anywhere else and i think it makes a lot of sense cuz for a very long time i i actually felt like um we didn't belong anywhere like spe- specific me right i i live in el salvador until i was five. then we had to go to mexico due to the civil war and and of course after that we had a chance to come to canada and make a life here so 
like if if people ask me where are you from yes i'm from el salvador but when they ask me where specifically are you from i have to answer because based on where my parents were living at that time and where i was born which is el salvador but then after that they want to ask more questions and i feel like i'm so disconnected from everything like i don't know where i belong it's like they want to put you in a category and you don't even know what category yeah, exactly. to put yourself in and so it's really it's really hard and and, and kind of um it feels it it feels like you're you don't you don't have a place to belong to when they ask you those questions because you're answering based on Oh yeah, but my parents, blah blah blah. You're actually talking about them more than yourself because I don't remember Salvador. I have no idea what they have there, and and the little bit that I remember, it's very. I was five, so little tiny memories here and there, and whatever I remember from Mexico, it was again memories here and there of what it was like based on my life at that time, and so here I am in Canada and I have a different life. I remember more because I live here more, but that doesn't mean I belong here too. So it feels kind of, you're all over the place. That's how it feels. How does that affect us though? Like, okay, I can be like, okay, yeah, people don't consider me from here or there. Fine, whatever. I'm going to live my own life. But does that affect us personally? Like, well, I was thinking like what, okay, what I was thinking was um, in general, the intersectionality theory what it helps us understand is the big piece to our life like sometimes i think there are things that we don't even think about like we feel it but i don't like when someone's asking me a question of like where are you from i don't really sit there and think well i was born here and like i don't really analyze it for that long but internally um as i think about it now i think we really analyze it more than we think or it affects us more than we think or um as being females and and not getting the same positions as other other people you know it happens and it and when when it's happening we don't really overanalyze it in the moment but i think internally we're analyzing those things so i think um it helps us understand our story from a bigger perspective not from like you know our story individually as a person but like from the system point of view like so okay i mean this is me trying to okay, really understand this but how does that so I'm thinking, okay, that concept, which I keep having problems saying it, and I'm not even going to try to say it right now, intersectionality? Yes. Wow, yes. it's the okay. first time <laughs> you did ever it. said Sonia, it. you did. I have no clue why it's <laughs> causing me so many troubles. But, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, it affect, affects us in uh, trying to kind of understand uh, where we belong in a country-wise, right? But so so what else would it affect us in? So it's... it's okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it also adds in neighborhood that you were brought up in also. So if, like you're, if your neighborhood was poor or yeah. rich. Yeah. Then um, it's, it creates that stat, that like, I guess that, uh, what is it? The, the status. Sorry, the status or the. Economic. Status. Yeah. And also if you were born um, disabled or that have like your handicap or you have some kind of disability, that also adds into it. So that adds into your intersectionality. The way she based it was uh, off Education. of oppression. So what are the things that oppress you? So uh, the things that most people have that c is considered like a privilege, I guess you can say, would be um, the color of your skin, unfortunately, is one of the big one of the big things. Um, the other is y your sex. Are you male or female? Or are you transgender? That actually adds on to it as well. Also, your ableism. So are you disabled? Are you healthy? Are you able-bodied? The other one is... Um, your language your language or where you were born things like that add on to it or your neighborhood 
Oh, I think I already said that one. Your religion, did we say? Yes, your religion. So all of those add on to the amount, I guess you can say, of... of they even made us do an exercise in the class where they would put, um, if you have any of these things, then you're considered more privileged than the other. If you had, if your parents were educated was one. Or if you were able to have pay, or if they paid for your education. Or did you have to pay for it yourself? Or are you, are you with loans? So that kind of created this line of people that we all lined up. And I ended up being like kind of in a, a little bit of the end, a little bit in the middle. And then there was one that had a disability. He was at the at actually a little bit lower than me, but he was he's a white male, so that was interesting. But then, so it, it kind of considered those kind considering those things, you end up discovering that some people have a better chance, I guess you can say, um, to succeed in life or to or to um, just be I guess happy because all these things affect your health overall. Um, then so others. it's kind of like in a way obstacles in our way. Yeah. This is sort of in a... I don't know like if they're... Ob- I guess they're seen as obstacles from a system point of view, right? Yeah. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's more of like understanding... Yeah, I think it's just an obstacle from like a system point of view. Because your religion, if let's say Muslim, we know they have um, more of a difficult t- time in our society, especially with everything that's happened. And so they're... Um, picked on a lot more and from from the system and from from many other ways and so being muslim is a is a form of what would you call oppression it? oppression um even though it's not a negative thing it's a positive thing it's not an obstacle but it's seen as an obstacle from a system point of view yeah so if you look mm. at let's say you'll see the news and quickly you'll um open the news and you'll see um i don't know african-american or a native person going to jail and a lot of people, their first reaction is to make judgments and to say, well, of course, you know, of course he's going to steal that. Or of course he's going to be, he's a, he's a, you know, all these stereotypes come along with what you've just seen, which is your perspective, which is what you've grown up with. And so then you say he's a, whatever, uh, a native or if it's a Latino or if it's an African-American, of course he's this. But if you take in consideration his intersectionality or even question whether um, where he grew up in, where how would her his parents uh you know w- what is you know if he's able-bodied or anything then you'll realize did he even have a chance not to be a criminal like was that the only choice he had so that's the kind of thing that perspective does and i even think about it like from our perspective like i, I think thankfully my parents pushed us to get a, a education right i think they really emphasized that in our in our life but I, I think of they weren't they weren't able to get an education of their own and i think for us to have finished um university or college it was a big big deal for us because that yeah. was not something we had seen in our family and, and that was us overcoming um, our, obstacles, our yeah. obstacle like you would say kind of thing because it was not something that was like for us another family would have been just like a expectation or that sort of thing for us is it was like we're pushed we're really pushing ourselves and we're doing something that's out of our own box because it's never been done for us so is it kind of like a example it's a family of doctors or is a family of lawyers right for whatever reason their sons or daughters end up being doctors or lawyers and it seems like it's easy for them not that they're more intelligent than anybody else but it seems like it's easy but it when it's someone who is of color um, comes from a poor family probably had to pay for their own education or even help the parents by working a second job third job whatever they Mm -hmm. could it's harder for them to achieve it yeah and it seems like they're struggling yeah is that where is that a perspective or is that intersectionality that would be you understanding his or her intersectionality and say for example what you would have done is say for example 
this would be in a utopian world, like they say, like in the perfect world, a teacher would know this, see the person and understand where he's coming from and maybe be a little bit more lenient towards that person because that would be the perfect world. But because our system believes everyone's equal and that we all have the same, you know, amount of, uh, let's say, we are all the same, intersectionality doesn't exist for them, then they judge us all the same way. And that's where this problem Even stems. though that poor student is yeah. going after to work and do something yeah. else while the other student that comes from a richer family is yeah. literally going home to lay down or exactly. sleep. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so that that's where I guess... That sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Well, and, and it doesn't, it's not... It, I don't think it sounds sad. <laughs> I think so it, sad. it gives us an understanding because the problem is this is what we're living it's right true. now, right? Yeah. And like if you think about our field, oh no, and people are going to social work field, yeah, because it's majorly made out of women. Yeah, truthfully. Yeah, it is. Um, you get one or two males that come into work; they become supervisors within a few yes. few yeah. years. Yeah, they do. A woman, you struggled and you worked and you did everything day yeah. and night, and to get up there, it's like the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, that in itself, I've seen it in our field. As much as we are very like, ooh, woman power and yeah. you know, whatever, it happens because there's so many women. I think our work is kind of at the end seen as less and then a ma- man comes in is like don't let him go because there's one man in our field yeah. <laughs> and then they're pushed up into you know and I don't know if it was difficult for them to get there I'm not sure yeah. but it seems like it was quite quick that they got up it's just interesting how it works out right <laughs> exactly yeah. right it is right. well and I think that that's why I like this topic of perspectives because it puts you into I guess a little bit more of awareness of others and try to under come from a place of understanding Whereas, because I f- especially now in this time, we're quick to judge others, I guess. And I, I'm guilty as well. I mean, we're all human. But I, I, what I end up doing is if I'm quick to judge someone, I stop and I ask myself exactly what the situation might be. Or if, uh, what might be, or if I just see a random person and in, even in my head, I try to block those thoughts. Because at the same time, we, we never know what somebody might be going through or where they were raised or whatever might have been happening and even in university for example i have i had a daughter as i was in university and at the same time i was actually kind of struggling with my relationship so um all these kind of things put blockages in my life but i tried my best and did what i could where i was at but with my class for example i would go into like uh i don't know i'd have like uh, group work or whatever and i oftentimes couldn't give let's say 100 percent because I was struggling because maybe my daughter woke me up late or early or she got sick or whatever. And there, you know, the reactions were quick. The judgment was quick. The assumptions were quick. But if you were able to take a pause and und- and, un- and kind of see where that person is coming from, um, I think, I don't know, just create a better world at the end of the day. More understanding world. Yeah, that's true. And even now, talking about um, um, countries where you're from and all that and the perspective of that i've seen many times where we um where we are um we go out literally most of the time you know we speak english most of the time or spanish is here yeah. and there and we have a huge accent now everywhere but not um, me you guys are just kidding but when perfect. people see us the first thing they try to do is say hola como es tam you know and and they're like oh i learned a little bit of blah blah, blah or whatever <laughs> yeah, and i'm like good but i'm like <laughs> i if they only knew that i don't speak spanish all the time but is the uh, the assumption is there oh you look of color oh, okay this is where you are oh, okay you probably speak spanish all the time so i'll speak spanish to you and yeah. i'm like 
literally i've lived here m- all my life yeah so that, or that they tell you that you're mexican right away without no even mine's filipino yeah mine's yeah. filipino too i do wish <laughs> no, i could well learn the language though because i, so I want to be able to learn the language and speak it because it's all the time and i'm like ah I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. But and, and I think like and even in that case, I feel like it's well intentioned. Like I don't think they mean wrong by it. But I I th- I think it just goes back to assumptions and like perspective mm-hmm. and understanding people and understanding stories, um, because I think that's all it is. At the end of the day, is really like we don't know what people are, what people's struggles are. Yeah. Um. Even if, even if they might seem like the perfect case scenario kind of thing, um, that's not necessarily the case. Always the case. Yeah. And I'm glad what you said. Uh, you said um, that people in our countries, they think that because you live in countries such as this, that you're going to have all this money coming out of the trees and everything. I, You know, we went to visit El Salvador, and I remember people thinking that, and I thought they have no idea what what it, mean, uh, it means to live in a country that basically is all about money, but in, in a not in a good way because everything you earn is basically taken away from you. So... Uh, that's a different way that has to be seen, right? It, it I think the other way around, too. I remember going to El Salvador for the first time when I was like eight, I think, or I was nine. And my assumption of going to El Salvador was that it was going to be this poor country where everyone's like super sad because they have no money and like everything is like looks ugly and everything. But being, I don't know if it's because I was a young kid or what it was, but being there and actually having a feel for myself. If you, uh, keep going. I feel for myself of how it was. <laughs> I was going to interrupt. Sorry. <laughs> I feel for myself of how it was. I actually being I don't know if it was because like I said, I, I said again, w- because I was young or what it was, but I had the time of my life. It took about a week for me to get used to because I was used to my own home. I was used to being in Canada. But after about a week, I loved it. Like I loved being outside, being I felt free. Like uh, I would go play baseball with the kid, with the kids in the neighborhood. I loved the community that they had because, uh, unfortunately, here in Canada, we're very individualized and we're very uh, it's a westernized country. So we keep to ourselves. We don't really say hi to our neighbors. I don't know after this pandemic if this will change. Hopefully, but in our countries, it's very community based, and especially towns that you go to. And I happened to really like that because I had never seen it before. So when I saw that, I I felt like my assumption was wrong. And I ended up realizing that they may not have money, but they have, like, joy. <laughs> they have community. They have each other. And I ended up realizing that I actually was wrong. And from then on, I stopped making those kind of assumptions. And I started looking at it as, yeah, they may not have the means, but they actually have fun wherever they are. How does that intersectionality and perspective that how does that affect now more in the home though like as an individual does it even is it even part yeah. of it like a home like, like what do you mean like a relationship spouse children like a home brother sister how do it does that even affect do you think i mean like i feel like it what i mean i think it depends because like, each one is separate you're, you've said so many of them that i would be like okay. well if i'm thinking my husband i would be uh-huh. thinking okay what is his home what did his upbringing look like was he mm-hmm. from a rich poor country um did he have a single mom did he have both parents did he have were they educated were they not educated that sort of like so there'd be questions there for my siblings i'd be thinking um specifically like each story is there someone that's lesbian or or gay in our family is there someone that's dealing in their own home like if they have if they have their own relationship are they rich are they poor right now so it's it just depends on a case-by-case scenario yeah and then and each one will have their own specific story to it goes to the ground basically so it can affect you from the 
bottom, which is your unit, your family, or your siblings or your parents, and then it can go up. I can imagine because yeah. you know what? Just a tiny Hebrew. If he ever hears that, he re- yeah. he remembers at home when I was living at home with my parents and you guys, of course, mm-hmm. all of us. Um, <laughs> we had a schedule of the meals, right? We always, and tell me if I, this is part of it. Yeah. No, go ahead. Okay, go, 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 go. So we had go. a schedule of the meals. Yeah. For whatever reason, the schedule will be lost. Mm-hmm. And then, so it was either my brother, my oldest brother, and myself who would have to cook. But when the schedule was lost... <laughs> Whoa, weird. Guess That's whose strange. name would be go first. It didn't matter if I did it yesterday or two days ago. Mine would go first yeah. instead of my oldest brother or everything. So it was always the female that would do the meal and then so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that in? That, is yeah, that, that would tie into it because then you would ask yourself, well, why is that the case? And then you... My parents, they were raised in a, let's say, a, it's a what is it? A machista. 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 What do you say in English? Uh, I think machista. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, machista a, a country where the, it's it's known that women have to do the cooking, they have to do the cleaning. So they then you can say to yourself, they probably were trying to, I don't know, like well, and the, raise me to know how to and cook. And what's interesting about that is that like, they were they're trying not, to raise me to they're learn not to even. that them as a couple they're not even like that and so for them to have been to have done that it's like a subconscious like systemic yes um uh whatever you would put in their mind and it is true because even now with my own husband with my own family that's the if there's so we have our own schedule within our own family i was just talking to my daughter about that we have our own schedule of who's gonna make the meals because it used to be me the whole time and i would end up just being exhausted don't ask me why it was my own fault but anyways so then I created a schedule, which is still kind of not fair. I take two days and they take one day. But whenever there's no meal day, guess who ends up making a meal? <laughs> you do. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's and, I, and I'm also thinking about it when you um, get to live with a, a, a spouse, right? You choose to get married. You choose to have a life with a, the other person. I mean, oh, my God. Now it makes all s- it makes a lot of sense because then you're thinking you're going to find someone like you that you can understand each other. But here you are two completely different yeah, worlds exactly. with a whole history behind you. That, and you're trying to to somehow connect and understand each other. But neither of you have the same background or view of life. You're yeah. completely looking at someone as someone completely different than, than you. you. Yeah. And I wonder if it would because we've been married to within our own yeah. within our own culture. So Spanish speaking salvadorians or mexicans within the same but i'm wondering now does that affect though if you marry someone who was is who is caucasian or 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 uh, i don't know from jamaica india. somalia india chinese japanese whatever would do you think that would affect because if you think caucasians are a little like depending on what it is they have a bit more privilege yeah. than someone who may be of color right and then may have grown in a home that could have been um Low income. Mm-hmm. Will that affect the relationship with their vo- view? Well, for their point of view. For, for what I'm understanding, it doesn't matter the culture because they have their whole thing is based on what they have gone through and what they've lived and what they were learned and what kind of parents they had and and how many countries they have gone and learned something new. It's like it's it depends on on a one by one basically. Yeah, and what they taught what they taught us because they say. The thing, the idea was for us to become aware of our intersectionality, which for me, I ended up writing an assignment that said that I was from El Salvador, I was Mexican and Canadian, but I, I said, 
when I'm in El Salvador, I'm El Salvadorian. When I'm in Mexico, I'm in, I'm Mexican because they say, oh, you're born here, so you're Mexican. And then when I'm in Canada, I'm Canadian, unless I'm asked from uh, a, a Caucasian person who makes their own assumptions, and they say, where are you from? And then I have to say, well, I'm from... I pick and choose, honestly. I'm like, Mexico or El Salvador? <laughs> 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 and so it gets confusing. And the thing is that, you know, you've been grown up this way and you're so used to it, but there comes a point where you kind of say, well, why do I always have to explain myself? Why can't that person just be understanding? But that's, I guess, would require a lot of um, self-assessment <laughs> or yeah. assessment of the other, which is, um, takes it takes work. It, it just does anything it takes work well and, and i think like i think like fida said coming back to your question about would it matter if the culture was different i think it's exactly the same thing because it doesn't matter you're gonna have to look at that intersectionality anyways it might just be now you're gonna add in language as a as one more um like con- not i don't know what you call it what would you call it the which one the like language as being like if you were from different other cult- perspective thing that you have yes, to think be- about because language, people often the, the, uh, yeah, the language barrier no, no wonder marriages they only last 50 percent of the time <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's much. a lot of work There's you so know what if, you, re- if you really take the time to kind of do the work i i can imagine it could be something that can open your eyes and you can actually learn a lot about the other person but it's a lot of work. Well, it would we would all have to be empathetic about others yeah. all the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. the hardest part because I find a lot of people don't don't take the time because it's more about the I think the um the view here is self, right? Yeah. As long as self is good, self is happy, self is fine, that's all that matters. So at the end of the day, we're not thinking how is that other person doing? Oh my goodness, they look so frustrated. Why do they look so frustrated? Because then that means we have to step out of ourselves and think of another person. But if you think about it here, we, we hear it all the time, even in the social work field, self-care, self-care, yeah. self-care. Yeah. So that means we forget about everybody else and think of me. But yeah, but, but see, I don't, I don't find that as a bad thing. The only problem is... Because if you are able to look after yourself, then that means you're able to look yeah. after the other person. The problem lies when the other person doesn't do that. They have no clue who they are. They don't want to know who you are. They don't care to know that. Yeah. And they're not putting any work in order to do that. Yeah. I think when both people are on the same page, then you're able to find something in common that you can work Because if you think, literally, I was thinking other. about that, and, and this is a small little thing, but I was thinking of Canada as a, as a nation, right? And just thinking of our soccer team, our Canadian soccer team, right? I know, I know. Oh, this is controversial. <laughs> Where are we going with <laughs> this? No, we're not. Where are Look, you going? we have from all sorts of countries in here, mm-hmm. all sorts. We have from the the deepest part of the world where they know how to, like, they have skills. And it's a natural thing sometimes, or they have it. But we don't choose from everybody. Yeah. We choose from just a specific few our teams are never on the top. Our teams are always at the bottom. We don't use the assets we have, which is the whole multicultural people that we have. There's so many good players that are coming from nothing that I'll never, as much as they fight to get to those uh, places that are, those schools that um, that pick the, that pick the soccer players, they're never able to get there because they're probably low income. They're working second jobs. They're helping their parents. They Whatever it could be. We're not using it. Mm-hmm. And that's just a tiny example of many things 
we could use this multicultural country that we have. And a lot of us who are from different countries identify ourselves as Canadians. Yeah. We well lived here for so long. So well you can take a look at all the people that come and they, they have studied and done, I don't know how many, um, you know, diplomas or whatever they have in their background in their countries. And they come here and they have really low uh, jobs because they they cannot even get somewhere where they can get the training. And well, and that's the that's the one thing they had talked to us about. They said a lot of people from different countries have come to Canada, and they look down upon because of their work that they do, janitors or their cleaners or whatever. But you don't take the time to see that that person might have a, a PhD in their country, and they might be doctors, they might be surgeons, they might be it could be anything, nutritionists, whatever. But because we just see with our eyes with what with how we grew up and say you're uh, I'm sorry to say this to the males, but if you're a male, a white person and you're rich and wealthy, you will look at that person. You say, ah, they didn't try hard enough. They 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 come they they became conformist to their world and to their um, ideals. And this is the the job they chose. Right. You're quick to make that judge that assumption. But if you're able to take a minute and actually look at the person and kind of assess them, I guess, or maybe even go up close to them and get to know them and ask well, you them get questions. To, you <laughs> got to get to know them if you want to yeah. know who they are, right? Or yeah. And then and actually think about these things and become aware of them. Then you'll become a little bit, I guess, less uh, harsher, a little bit more kinder. Because sometimes it's only the language that's stopping them. It's mm-hmm. not so much that they don't understand or they don't know it's literally the language. Mm-hmm. Which if I anybody else went to another country... I think they'll feel the same way, but mm-hmm. anyway, so, well, this was a very nice topic. Is there any positive to it? Like, I think, you know what I mean? Is there anything? No, I think it's positive. No, I, I, I think it's positive. I think the whole thing is positive. <laughs> I think it's, it's very I much. I find the positive. Because it's, it's, it's a reality is what yes, it is. It's a reality. But it's just more about being aware of others yeah. and being aware of um, that people are going through things that we and, and don't speaking up, understand think, or see. You know what I think? It's about speaking up as well because I th- sometimes I think we can become victims of it and be like, oh, nobody's going to listen to me because I'm female, multicultural, um, yes. gay, lesbian, whatever that could be. No, it's about speaking up as well. So giving yes. yourself that power and believing you can because um, it hasn't been easy for us, to tell you the truth. We could easily say we could have just said, oh, now we're going to give up because things were a little hard here or there i think even in my own personal life people told me you can't do that like you can't go into there you won't be able to yeah. because the furthest they ever got was either high school or or um post no not junior high mm-hmm. but never got beyond that so for us to go and get uh something else beyond high school was a big deal so but they see that that's you becoming aware of their intersectionality without actually you knowing because you understood where they came from and you said no they're seeing things through their eyes which this is as far as they got them and now i'm going to do further so that's that's the idea but even that i like the message that you're sending because it's, it's true no matter what you have gone through no matter what uh, what um let's say how many countries you have lived the poverty that you have gone through the challenges that are still you're having to face just know that, uh, I mean, we're here. We're a testimony that you can do whatever you want and whatever you want to accomplish, whatever goal you want to make it through. There's there's always a way uh, to get there. I found that what helped me was grabbing onto people that were supportive of me. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, even 
not even going to say his name, but someone really <laughs> close <laughs> to me. Who was this? I wonder. <laughs> she doesn't really want to say the name, but no, she mentioned Because that in person. his own, and I'm not even going to say who, because in his own world, he couldn't make it because he was taught he couldn't. He tried to put that for me as well and say, you can't do that when I was trying to do my, my own uh, dig, uh, career, right? And that in my mind helped me to say no I'm gonna do it but I had support around me I had uh, my parents who kept pushing me I had my sisters that kept believing in me and I, I held on to that and that's what I used to push myself so you might be hanging on to just one person one single person somewhere but you have to hold on to that and believe that you can because we can yes. I know that we have a lot of we do have a lot of things that we we have dealt with either you just come from war you come from a abusive family you're gay or lesbian and don't have the support of your family you're a woman you're a man of color whatever that could be um even just like when i think of school because i think of language yeah yeah and i think like writing papers like even just that and it feels like it's not a big deal when but when you're in there and that's all you have to do and and writing is like the the what i would call my weakest Mm -hmm. um like skill that I have and having to write all those papers, there's so many times I wanted to give up. Yeah. But like you said, con- like really reaching out for those supports that, that really pushed I cried forward. on my last exam, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I was about to quit. I think it was a month before my last exam for, for me to graduate. And I was done. I thought I can't do it because I had a, I think a group kicked me out of their thing because I was dealing with my own husband and my own kids and everything was a mess. So I, I wasn't focused, and I, I know that, but they kicked me out of the group, and I was like, and I had all these exams coming up, and I thought, I'm done. I am so done, because nobody understands you. They expect you to be there on time. They expect yeah. you to do the work. They expect you to do this. Plus, at home, you go home, and you cook, and you clean, and you have to deal with all this other stuff that personally I was dealing with, and then the teachers, I thought, um, this or that, right? So then I literally came to the point that I went into that social work um area and i started crying i just cried and i thought i'm done i am so i'm gonna quit right now it was a month before i graduated and if it wasn't because the teacher said don't give up just don't give up keep going and and the support of of my parents the support of my sisters and of course my family um i kept going because literally i was like one one the other the other big limitation that that i had for myself it was me I realized yeah. that the biggest block that I had was just me believing that I couldn't do it. Um, I remember when I decided to go to social work, I thought, I don't think I'll be able to because my um, my English is not perfect enough, so I won't be able to write whatever they want me to write. And then I remember my older sister, and I don't even know where she came up with this. She goes, what's the worst that could happen? You're not going to pass it. And then that means that you have to take other courses th- of English. And that's exactly what I did. What I'm, what we're trying to say with all of this is there's no limit to what you can do. There's mm-hmm. so many options and so many ways that you can well, find a way for you that works, especially at and at and you time. guys talking about that. Um, also, she had they taught us with this intersectionality because it can be a depressing topic. They also taught us depressing in the sense if you're a person of 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 color yourself <laughs> and you've gone through these things, it, it kind of hits reality and you're like, oh damn i've never (laughs) knew i had all these obstacles in front of me but at the same time if you focus on the privileges that you have had as well as being able-bodied for example that was a big one we had a a a kid in our class that was disabled and there was many things that he wasn't able to do but he was 
he had a lot of um, resources that were available to him. So he said, privilege for me is that I live in a country that has a lot of resources for people like me. So that was a positive thing. So if you focus also on the privileges that you have in your life, for example, with me, it's my family that is extremely um, supportive and they're helpful and they're there for me and there's people I can talk to whenever I need. That to me is a big deal. Many people don't have that. So that one and then parents that are there for me things like that if you focus on those things as well you know you you'll realize whatever that could be it could be literally could just be your dog yeah if you don't if you have abusive parents if you didn't have a connection whatever that could be you have a good friend that you found that's what it is if you found you have a dog focus on your dog i don't whatever that is but do not give up because the only one you're giving up is on you that's yeah. it. Yeah, and also for the women the thing that because you have children you can't do it. Believe me, I did it. Yeah. And I had a baby while I was going to school. I had actually three of them at that time. And one of them that was um just a few months, I still did it. And you know what? Once you you put your your mind there and you said I'm going to do this, just go for it. Yeah, and we and we live in a country thankfully that has a lot of help. Has a lot of places you can go to. You know, you you have online um, counseling if you really need it. They have they have the suicide hotline. They have all these um, That's a resources. Yeah, the privilege that Canadians have that no other country really has. You know, and so if you think about those kind of things, then you end up realizing, okay, I have more than I really thought I have, which will help me in whatever uh, goal that I have. So don't just think about the things you don't have. Also remember the things you do have, the privileges you do have. Is there a quote we can quote? Because I think we're going into it. Anything we can, anything pr- positive. Well, Diana had looked up a quote. No, um, no if we don't, that's I okay. I think she was working. It was a part of intersectionality, but I, I think at the end of the day, for me, it wasn't easy. I had a. I am a woman of color. I'm a woman. I'm a color. I am yes. from a uh, different country. Things have not and may not be easy. I still struggle to. Um, what is it called? Break that glass ceiling that they call it, along with all my other things in between. But I don't give up. You know, the the my main thing is to keep pushing because at the end of the day, someone else is looking at me, which are my children, my 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 daughter, my son, and I don't want them to think that uh, who we are um, is of uh, of any sort of obstacle for anything. If anything, it is a privilege to be who we are, and. You know, if 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 source energy or whatever send me the way they send me here to this earth, there's a reason. So I'm going to appreciate it, take it all in and I'm going to try to fight it and, you know, learn from this life as much as I can, especially with COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you learn what I can. You know well, what I can. <laughs> not only that, but if you once you get to a point where you can help others, do it. Do not only do not only think that, you know, because I, I have gone through this, I don't need to share this. Please do not do that, because I think. The whole idea is for us to help one another improve ourselves because that's the whole point of learning. Yes. Right? I think I have a quote. So oh. if you see anybody of other cultures or anything struggling, be there for them. And if you are of privilege, help those that need you. Okay. And Kay. that's not the quote, though. That's just me saying it. Okay. So here, here goes the, <laughs> the tiny quote. <laughs> tiny okay, quote. I think we have okay. two quotes. Go for it. Is this a two-quarter? I, I had yeah, one, okay, but... Okay, let's go, go, go. two quarters and then we'll close. Okay. Is okay. yours more positive, though? Yeah. Okay, let me let me finish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go. Okay, go. Okay, there is no such thing as a single-issue struggle because we do not live single-issue lives. Audre Lorde. Okay. That was a good one, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the struggle ends when the gratitude begins. 
Neil Donald Walsh. I like hmm. that. I like Very that. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good Very point. Nice. Well done, ladies. Yes. Well, I hope that was positive in some sort of way. I or think it was. Oh, I think it was. Empowering. It's empowering, but yeah. also yeah. it's. I think it's teaching us to to it's know awareness. that uh, our limitations were not. They're not going to hold us back. No. Yeah. And this honestly, is only for us to to know our history and to know where we come from, so we can get to a better place. And change together. only starts with awareness. Yes. So yes. until that starts, we're we're never going to move anywhere. And there together as a society, no matter what color, culture, whatever you're from. If we help one another, things such as this thing, COVID, man, we could do so many good yes. things. So I believe that. Take too. care. Enjoy your lives. Uh, love one another. And thank you for joining us today at the Sisters Table, table with Diana, Rosa, Mila, and Sonia. Take good care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.